Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Thank you, Damian Pierce. We've got audio of Damian Pierce a little bit later. He was on Good Morning Football yesterday, and uh, he was his effervescent self. Sean Pendergast is on vacation as he is in New York City right now getting ready for John Lopez's son's wedding and uh, went to an Irish bar last night. I've got – oh, and he went to a Broadway show – We've got Sean Bajani in studio, which is a special treat because, Sean, you and I have never done a show together. Never, man. I'm pumped up for this. Good morning, man. Good morning. Yeah, it's been – and you've been with 610 at least on and off the entire time I've been back in Houston, right? Yeah. uh, Jeez. This will be like my 17th year here total. Um, And I don't think I've done a show in like maybe a couple of months. You know, me and B. Scott were in and out uh, when dudes from In The Loop. Uh, yeah. You know, we're taking some vacation and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's good to be back, man. And uh, always good to do a morning show because it gets me up. I don't I'm not a nap guy. So I'm like up for yeah. the rest of the day and I'm like wired. Yeah. I have to work later on tonight. So it's going to be good. You get up, you get up early and do a bunch of work, and then you've got the rest of the day to be exhausted. So it's well, like, then I go uh, home. yeah, I go I home. Gotta... And I have to do more work, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the wife well, always okay. says something for me. I'm actually excited to talk to you today as we, you know, d- dig into some of the draft stuff um, and some of the stuff. We've got some audio uh, talking about uh, Kyler Murray, and I'm, I'm always intrigued to talk to um, guys who have been high school coaches because you've spent a good amount of time coaching high school football about just that maturity level of players and how you see it change over time and, and how it affects play on the field. And, you know, obviously, I've always – as a as a pro player and since then i've always felt like high school coaches like the high school coaches who really give a damn have like the hardest football coaching job in the world because they have to deal with all of the um they have to deal with all of the same issues that pro coaches have like not not necessarily having a whole lot of control over your players um except not getting paid nearly as much as a as a, a pro coach does for it well that's for sure <laughs> if the yeah. pay was well, I guess college coaches yeah, college coaches don't have that much control anymore either. For a, for a while, they had their guys on lockdown, but now they're just perpetual free agents. You know, I heard something the other day. I don't know where I did, but, you know, in regards to, you know, the professional players these days, in regards to all the money that they're getting, like, a yeah. lot of it for the quarterbacks now is, you know, FU money. And so I don't know how much control, like, NFL teams feel like they have now that they're paying quarterbacks or, you know, their star players so much. That's true, and I, I guess because high school coaches have to deal with the temptation of video games and the internet, where and they didn't necessarily and just everything. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do they even care about girls anymore? It seems like the internet's more appealing for for young high school kids. But you're right. Like all those distractions, I guess in the NFL, um, it's 
the like the quarterback position has become more like the NBA. I guess wide receivers, just by virtue of, I mean, if you act like Antonio Brown enough, you're going to be able to force your way out of a place. <laughs> um, Odell Beckham Jr. is able to force himself out of a place. Quarterbacks in general have, have had a little bit of success. Like with Aaron Rodgers, it's going to take him two full years to have pushed his way out of Green Bay. But it looks like it's like it's probably going to happen. Yeah, you know, the latest report that I heard driving in this morning, I think it was from Diana Rossini, uh, she seems to feel like in regards to Aaron Rodgers, like the Jets have everything lined up to land Rodgers in a deal with the Packers. It's it's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, it's hard to wrap my mind around because Rodgers is one of those guys that you just you. For me, I felt like he's he's a Packer lifer. He's gonna he's gonna retire as a Packer. Yeah, it's a, and I don't know. I guess you can't do that with. You can't do that with quarterbacks in general. I guess the the thing is, if you look at like, man, we can't, we're always fixated on Brett Favre, and I guess maybe it's because it makes you feel really old if you go back to the whole Joe Di- Joe Montana dynamic. But like that's <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you're raising your hand. Um, it's I mean that's what it was with Joe Montana and Steve Young. The the teams that are smart enough to just keep drafting quarterbacks and then maybe draft a quarterback in the first round while your other guy is still in his prime. That's what you end up with are these unhappy scenarios or these uncomfortable scenarios. And and Joe Montana was the original one where I guess it just wasn't as dramatic and maybe it was because things weren't as publicized. Like it, and, and Joe Montana, I guess Joe Montana didn't willingly leave. It was Joe Montana being pushed out. Can we blame the, should we really be blaming the Packers for just not, Pushing Aaron Rodgers out the door. I don't know. You know, I'm sure you heard the same stuff that I did. You know, around the combine, a lot of the rumors, and I, I don't know if it was Rich Eisen or somebody else the other day that you know had said, basically the Packers they're really hoping Aaron Rodgers didn't come back from this darkness retreat and this this epiphany or whatever that he hopes he'd maybe had of his life and his career and wants to return to Green Bay. They're really hoping he wants to leave. So, I mean, you might as well push the guy out. Like, you don't want one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time still quarterbacking your team. Like, just wash your hands with him, make a deal, and move on if you think Jordan Love is ready. So, okay, when they drafted Jordan Love, I I think people forget this, and understandably so. Aaron Rodgers had been kind of mediocre, like a mediocre-plus quarterback for a couple years. He'd kind of just been sloughing along. And and I think when they hired Lafleur, they very much thought, all right, yeah, we got to start playing for this. This looks like the beginning of the end. And then Aaron Rodgers, I look, I, I think again, you talk about high school and college and the NFL being more similar sometimes than you expect. Mm-hmm. There are some guys in the NFL, no matter how good they are, that just need that little bit of a kick in the butt, you know. And I think Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. I don't think he, he's not driven the same way Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or some of those all-time greats really are, where they've just got that in- interior <laughs> nagging voice that drives them to be great. I think Aaron, Jod- Aaron Rodgers needed that actual insult to get going, and it worked. It worked incredibly well. Um, but now it's, yeah, like That's that. It, point. I don't want to say it blew up in the Packers' faces. If they'd won a Super Bowl, it would have been really nice. And you, but, um, yeah, I think that's, that's how it ended for that. That's, that's why they find themselves in the situation they are now. I think they were in a perfect position to kind of push him out the door or just for him to feel like he was going to be done. But he's just – like last year's results, 
notwithstanding. I, I just he's clearly he's less than two years removed from winning an MVP. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be a beautiful thing for the Packers if it worked out with Jordan Love. Like, let's just just say they move on from Rodgers. He becomes a New York Jet. Jordan Love burst onto the scene, and he's you know playing tremendous ball. It would almost be like you know we'll be talking about the Packer quarterbacks. And like maybe like the next eight to ten years, like we are the Steelers head coaches. Like there have only yeah. been four head coaches in Steeler history. There's only three yeah. quarterbacks in the last thirty five years for the Packers. Uh, it's it's crazy, especially if you think about how they came about getting both Favre and Rodgers. And I'm not here making an argument for you know trading for a, a failed second round pick or drafting a guy late in the first round, but yeah. like for those two teams that have such cons- – for that team that has such consistency with those two quarterbacks. Brett Favre was <laughs> – report- the old story was they had to trade him out of Atlanta because he was about to drink – because he was about to drink all the bars dry. <laughs> so, like, he goes up to Green Bay where there's that. nothing but bars. Yeah. Um, and he figured it out. And then, obviously, likewise with Aaron Rodgers, you know, they – they drafted him when they already had Favre. He had fallen within the first round. It wasn't like he was a slam dunk blue chipper. And there you go. Yeah. So it's um. I, I guess that just highlights what a what a ac- absolute crapshoot it also is. Um. Damian Pierce, as I mentioned earlier, was on Good Morning Football yesterday. He uh he was lively. He was energetic, and he was uh, uh reminded that he was college teammates with Anthony Richardson, the quarterback who's rising up the draft boards. And he weighed in a little bit. I'm not sure I'm buying I'm not sure I'm buying Damian Pierce's endorsement. You guys all have to be the judge of this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. 
Here we go. <laughs> hey, Sean Pendergast is out. If you heard me talking, that was to Sean Bajani, who's uh, in for Sean Pendergast uh, this morning. Sean's, Sean was in New York City yesterday. He played, oh gosh, I'm blanking on this. Text line helped me out if you saw it on Sean's social media. Uh, I want to say it was Paul Wall did an original Astros song, um, and he played that on the juke. He found it on the jukebox in the bar, the little personal what? jukebox, and he he played it in a New York City bar to see what the reaction would be. That is and, awesome. And yeah, as far as I could tell, there wasn't much of a reaction. He said it was a pretty touristy bar, so I you know depending on where you are in New York, especially if they were I don't know if they were on their way to their show or they're staying near Broadway. It was probably almost all tourists, which even then, you know. You know, most New Yorkers don't start taking their kids to the bar until like 12 years old, and then they start, yeah. you know, chanting, uh, chanting obscene chants about Altuve around the same time. So the drunken 12-year-olds weren't going to assault Sean and Amy. Yeah, you know, I, I don't in the bar. I don't have any idea how jukeboxes work anymore, but I have to imagine yeah. they're like, <laughs> you know, like uh, Wi-Fi, <laughs> iTunes connected. Like, what yeah. the hell is an Astro song doing on a New York City? jukebox <laughs> yeah exactly you know? I, yeah, I wonder i wonder if in this instance maybe you could just like hook right up to spotify or something and for a fee you, you play it out yeah. loud like when know? i think of a yeah, jukebox like you, you're pressing the white plastic buttons and the pages are flipping you remember those <laughs> i want to hear a pleasant thwunk as <laughs> i as i lock my selection in yeah a7 yeah, please that, i had a friend who's at who's uh, who had a jukebox in his basement and that was like the coolest thing ever. And it had all, nothing but like their his parents' songs and everything <laughs> on record. But it was it was really cool. Yeah, that's um. I mean, anything you can do to try to compete with the internet or incorporate it, it's it's probably like in the airports now. You know, like when you you don't have to. You never actually have a human take your order at Bush or anything. You just uh, <laughs> you plug it into the little jukebox on your. Oh, on dude, your yeah. You know, it just reminds me like. I hate technology really at the end of the day, mainly because I don't understand a lot of it, but I'm trying and I'm getting better. But I have, so, I have so much fun with it, like yeah. screwing with my in-laws. Like, you know, they've got Bluetooth everything in their house and they live really close, like very close. I can hit a golf ball to their house close and I'll drive by and I'll connect to their Bluetooth and I'll play like some stupid song that I find on YouTube and I'll turn the volume way up high like... So if it's early in the morning or late at night, usually is when I do this. That's that's it how you awesome. gain control of the assets. Yes. That's how you, that's how you <laughs> convince them without having to get the courts involved that they're not competent yet. Uh, and that's how you end up with your, like, basically, you didn't get enough of a dowry. Nobody gets a dowry these days. And you can, you can kind of wrangle your way in there. Damien Pierce actually used technology. It is one of the things that's cool now is, like, you get more on these national shows. You get more guys doing video interviews because anybody can hook up via Zoom or what have you. Yeah. So he was on Good Morning Football yesterday. I, I couldn't play the audio of him receiving the angriest run award from Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football again uh, at the NFL Awards because it's just too annoying. Um, Kyle Brandt was just over the top. Oh, he loves yeah. Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce, uh, he, he wins this golden scepter for that award and apparently broke it at some point. Um, Kyle Brandt Brandt said, because that's what you do. You break everything. That's awesome. He almost broke it over Brandt's head whenever he gave it to him. Like Brandt wouldn't get out of the way and Pierce was like raising it up. He almost clocked him with it. So he was on and they asked him a few questions. The, The one that's most relevant to right now was when they asked him about 
Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, who was you know a teammate of Damian Pierce's for a couple of years. This is what Damian Pierce said: "Is he said, don't focus on his physical skills. Everybody knows about those. There's more to him than just that." He's a caring guy. He's always involved in community in Gainesville. That's one of the reasons he's went to Florida to stay in the community. You know, just to be that motivation for the kids surrounding his community and um, just show love to the kids in his community, his high school, and et cetera. But uh, great guy, great character guy, man. I think at one point in time he was like, if I ain't play football, I'd be a firefighter. So, like, just, you know, a guy who want to be a firefighter, that just shows the type of, you know, dedication and love that he has for his community and helping people. So, uh, great guy to be around, even better athlete, man. Um, I'm buying that Damian Pierce says he's a hell of a guy. I'll accept that at face value. I refuse to give people credit for saying they wanted to be a profession that every fifth grader says they want to be. <laughs> like there's, there's a whole different, there's a whole different world between saying, oh, I want to be a firefighter and like actually, you know, going to firefighter academy. You know, <laughs> that response and what you just said in regards to firefighters reminded me of a stand up routine I just watched on Facebook the other day. Or it was Instagram. It was one of those social media platforms. And it was, if you watch that, that montage, of the the bit on firemen and why firemen are who they are i don't you Uh probably feel a little bit differently it was really great it was like you know firemen are a lot of them are former cops and it's because they sucked at being cops you know (laughs) and it's like now they get to fight fires you can't be racist against fires you know (laughs) you know it's that whole thing and it was like you made a lot of really good points and so now after hearing that from damian pierce i don't know i'm kind of with you i'm not going to take that at face value Everybody, anybody can say they want to be a firefighter. I said I wanted to be a doctor when I was a freshman in college. <laughs> that changed real quick. Like, you got to choose. You can't do football, uh, pre-med, and active social life. I mean, some people can, but I wasn't that guy. Oh, God. So, if, we, if we all got to be what we wanted to be when we were kids, we'd have a whole bunch of astronauts and doctors and lawyers yeah. and firemen. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Damien Pierce did talk about another couple things. I, I, like I said, I do take it at face value that Anthony Richardson is a hell of a guy. I was impressed with his interview at the Combine. Um, this is Damien Pierce on what it's been like with D'Amico Ryans in the building. Coach Miko, young guy. He's eager. He's ready. He's ready to coach. It's a, new, it's a whole new wave in Houston. You kind of feel like the energy whenever – Coach Miko and his staff is around. Like, you kind of know when those guys are in the building. And, um, you know, as a, as a young player and as an up-and-coming player, you know, that's a that's a good sign for me because uh, you see a coach who's hungry, he has players who's hungry, and um, only good things come from that, and we're ready to work. Look, uh, Damian Pierce has only been here for one year, so he's only here with Lovey Smith. And, like, <laughs> there's, there's definitely an energy level about Lovey Smith. It's, it's not low energy, but it's laid-back energy. And I think that there is a different feel, obviously, to D'Amico, because D'Amico's not over-the-top, you know, Dan Campbell type or anything. Yeah. But I, then I just started thinking about, okay, and then before him, David Culley, obviously, uh, not a young, over-the-top, high-energy guy. And then you have Bill O'Brien, who is – High energy of a sort, but not necessarily like like a, a positive. Let's go get him over the top yeah. energy. I do. I feel like I feel like D'Amico's energy has kind of infiltrated the fan base, and I can see how guys in the building right now, while it's still during the honeymoon period, probably look at it like a, a breath of fresh air. Oh, I think it infiltrated, you know, the locker room months ago. Really, like just the idea of new blood coming in, you know, a new yeah. message. Um, you could kind of sense that, you know, towards the end of the season, to be honest with you, like there was almost like a sigh of relief, like this is over, you know, and, and there's there's brighter things ahead, you know, just kind of being in the locker room every day. That was just kind of my sense. Um, 
But and hearing it from Damian Pierce, it was kind of funny because I was waiting to see what he was going to call D'Amico Ryan's. You know, he goes, Mr. Nick, you know, Mr. Nick. <laughs> I thought he was going to go like, Mr. Miko, you know, Coach Miko. I like that. So it's fun to hear that from Damian. But I, I, I think like you're going to hear a lot of that from him. Damian is a very positive guy. He, I mean, he had glowing things to say about a lot of the coaches during the course of the season, particularly yeah. Danny Barrett, who... You know, thankfully for him, because those two worked really, really well together, and he credited, you know, maybe Barrett more than even uh, the mentorship that he'd gotten from Rex Burkhead this past year during his rookie season. Yeah, that's um, and that is one thing too. I, you know, in the NFL, there's one thing that it's always hard to watch college guys come up onto a bad team in the NFL because I was in, you know, I was the young guy that came on. I got drafted onto a really good team, and I just thought like, oh, this is cool. You get to get, you go to the playoffs and there's all kinds of people. People can watch you on television. Um, and then I really and all the vets are saying, "Listen, man, it's not like this all the time." I was like, "Whatever, it's gonna be like this forever." And then I then I went to an expansion team. And, uh, but I always felt bad. I, I felt bad for rookies that came on to an expand like uh, our team when it was struggling. You know, the expansion year it wasn't as bad because. You know, you're expected to struggle. In 2005, when we went two and 14, I felt bad for rookies then because, like, they're all excited for their their NFL experience, and and you realize, yeah, this this definitely is not what you dreamed about growing up. Our, yeah. my, I had a position coach, Mike London, who would go on to be Virginia's head coach for a long time, and that was like his one stint in the NFL. And I think it, I think it, I think it permanently soured him on the NFL. He just like God, he went back to college and he was happy in college and he didn't want any part of it because it just it's not the it's not the same juice, especially coming yeah. right out of college. I thought about I thought about that idea a lot this past season covering the Texans every day because you knew that team wasn't going anywhere, but they had yeah. so many young talented guys on the team sprinkled throughout, right? That had come from collegiate programs that are not in the business of tanking that they're grinding and they're trying to get better and they're used to a certain type of idea and mindset and culture and drive and winning yeah you know and competing and man you get to the nfl and you're like what the hell is this yeah that that was andre johnson exactly you know because they high school college everything those guys those guys that have been on championship teams all the way from high school through college. And usually, you know, guys like Andre Johnson, like whichever team they're on in high school is going to be really good because yeah. you can give him the ball 75% of the time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, I always – I like, you know, I feel bad for him. I'm not – you know, it's, it's not like I, I, you're out blanketing the poor or anything, but, like, not on that same level of sympathy. But um, it, it's, uh, it's tough to watch. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what else is tough to watch. The Texans – being singled out for something I know damn well was going on at other NFL teams, uh, and yet they're stripped of a fifth-round pick for it. Were they singled up, and uh, are we 100% blaming Jack Easterby for that? That's coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Sean Pendergast is in New York City getting ready for John Lopez's son's wedding. Uh, that is tomorrow night. John's going to be the, what is it called, Sean Bajani, who fills in for Sean Pendergast? Uh, is it the officiant? Whoever, mm. the, guy, the guy in charge of the wedding. <laughs> the guy, uh, yeah, John, John got ordained. I guess online and he's going to be doing the ceremony oh I, oh yeah, yeah that's right he is doing the wedding yeah um yeah the officiant i, I don't think uh, that's one way to describe it but uh no you're, you're you're close though you're close to the word i don't feel like uh i don't feel like calling him the minister is uh, or the pastor <laughs> I think pastor john great. i know he did the hard work of going to get that certificate online and everything and i feel like yeah people that have actually you know had years and years of training for that um yeah an officiant somebody who performs a religious service or ceremony okay so yeah but i don't know how religious this is gonna be so uh any if it is religious just remember god john's trying his best okay at some Isn't point I- during the service there's probably going to be a cheers like in a beer close by for john <laughs> like yeah. you may now kiss the bride and he raises the glass <laughs> yeah this is a, it's not a deliberate affront to you god it's just uh it's just john trying to do a cool thing for his kids <laughs> so uh the texans is this was announced yesterday i believe Schefter broke the news right yeah uh the nfl is taking a fifth round pick from the texans and fining them for what the league believes is a salary cap violation and what Houston believes is an accounting error that dates back uh, to Deshaun Watson's training during COVID. This this all goes back to Deshaun Watson having the extra special treatment at the Houstonian. Um, I got wind of this a little bit before it came out, and my thought was I very inaccurately assumed and prepared myself for this being some kind of blaming of the Texans for Deshaun and what he allegedly did with those women at the Houstonian. Um, like I, cause remember, remember there was a report, remember the, the uh, writers kept trying to act like the Texans knew exactly what was going on and that they were, they were going along with it and they were all a big part of this cause they'd gotten this room for him at the Houstonian mm-hmm. when in fact it was, they had gotten him this cause they thought he was, uh, you know, actually training at the Houstonian. Right. But it's a salary cap violation, um, I guess, because it's above and beyond what they would offer everybody else. If they'd gone, or you out have got, to report it as such. Yeah, like, yeah, right. You have to report it as income. For they should have reported it to as like uh, twenty six thousand dollars of income. That was what they paid twenty six thousand dollars for him to work out at the Houstonian. That was, um, you know, like that was probably the most frustrating thing for most people is that. Like it's twenty six thousand dollars, and yeah. now that cost you a fifth round pick and more cash. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah, and especially look, there are other teams that um, that very, 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 very likely did this for some of their star players. Uh, oh, especially no doubt. It was during it was during COVID. They weren't allowed to have people there. Uh, you know, various teams did stuff, but I guess it's it's the individual. Um, it's making it just for one individual. I do think that 
Um, I, I think that the Texans were singled out here, and not because they're the Texans per se, but I, I do think that it's at least partly because this one circumstance had the most publicity attached to it. Sure. So the league is trying to, you know, the league has been kind of targeted in how they address any kind of COVID violations, and I feel like it's a, like a bit of loose like loose ends on bookkeeping that they're taking this fifth round pick from the Texans. The fine, okay, it's $175,000 to an NFL team. Yeah. Whatever. You know, yeah, it's, well, uh, it's a, it's the it's literally because it's an NFL team, it's literally the same whatever, the 175k yeah. as the 26k should have been a few years ago when you just could have paid the dang thing. Right, I mean, right, right. Like, yeah. If you had your ducks in a row, you pay the 26k, well, this is this is really gone and done for, but Again, like just when you think you're out of the weeds, it's like Deshaun Watson and this whole mess rears its ugly head again and just reminds us all of the crap we've been through the last three years. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't know how people feel. Weigh in on the text line, 713-572-4610. Um, as Sean Bajani fills in for Sean Pendergast today. I, I actually, once I realized that this wasn't about tying the Texans to the actual alleged misconduct or something, I actually felt a, a pretty big measure of relief in that, oh, okay, this is something that happened under Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby. Like, honestly, Sean, the things I would hear about how haphazard things were behind the scenes with Easterby and O'Brien running the show, mm-hmm. like after Brian Gain was fired, they they were not filing things on time. They couldn't get anything done. The stories you would hear about Jack Easterby trying to negotiate these contracts and having to have agents explain things to him, it was a haphazard mess. So, honestly... It feels a little bit like, all right, if this is the end of it, the the fact that they screwed this up, that they should have known better, you know, and honestly, that's another one where, I, all right, was was Deshaun Watson hard up for the twenty six thousand dollars? Is this the was this, a, <laughs> this is an instance where Deshaun Watson couldn't pay the whatever the the fee was at right. the Estonian? Um, you know, there's I, a I'm, a, of- I'm a little bitter because I I paid a. Uh, I used to be a member of the Houstonian. I paid an initiation fee. And, oh, uh, really? And I think when I bought it, you could still like sell them or trade them, and then somewhere along the way, they changed the policy. So now I have that. I have that. I'll leave that to my relatives someday. <laughs> I'll leave that to my heirs. Here, Houstonian is a nice place, man. Yeah. I, I used to actually go when I was much, much younger, like right out of college. I had a good friend of mine who his girlfriend was a massage therapist at the Houstonian, and, you know, he had a little bit of money, too. And I guess maybe he was a member. I can't remember. Uh, but he used to get me in like late at night or like early in the morning during a random day of the week when it wouldn't be so busy. And I would have like full access to the spas and stuff like get to do the massage, like go work out. I was a workout warrior over there at the Houstonian yeah, for a yeah. couple of years, man. <laughs> and it was great. But, you know, a couple of things here with this story. So a lot of people are saying, okay, yeah, well, the Texans had 11 draft picks. Now they only have 10. No, they still have 11 because they recouped one. They got a compensatory pick, and they're actually going to be drafting, I think, what is it, 259th overall now, Mr. Irrelevant. The Texans will be Mr. Irrelevant, yeah. They got the lowest possible compensation possible. And um, that has nothing to do with any kind of bias or uh, grudgery. That's just, there's a formula for that. I'll tell you what, the team that, came out looking really good and smart yesterday was the 49ers. They got seven. Uh, yeah, seven compensatory picks. Three of them, I believe, were from minority hires, mm-hmm. um, and then four of them were from free agents that they had lost. So just as a, a real loose recap for people that don't 
know about compensatory picks. It's uh, it's one of the things the NFL CBA does to protect the owners a little bit from free agency. If you have a free agent leave your team and go and play heavy usage somewhere else, you're going to get some kind of compensation back, but that's offset by free agents that you sign and bring in as well. So there's a complicated formula, and nobody really knows what it's going to be until they're awarded. But the the 49ers, um, by way of having several minority candidates get high-level jobs elsewhere, and then by having four different free agents leave, they get seven picks coming back in the third mm-hmm. through sixth rounds. And um, and that's one way if you're a good team these days. Baltimore has done a good job of this. The Rams have done a really good job of this. If you're a good team, the smart ones manage the cap and the success this way. Like if uh, imagine if the Astros, as they were losing Correa and as losing Springer and everybody else like that, um, you get you get compensation back for it. So it's not as bad as just losing those star players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good business, but it, and it it gives those teams an opportunity to kind of stay relevant if you're drafting well. And as you said, you know, you're taking care of things via the cap and you know free agency otherwise. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, go ahead. Oh no! One of our listeners makes a very good point. She says, "I think every team is guilty of this, but because Watson was under investigation, that's how it got brought to light." You know, I that's pretty reasonable. I think, and again, like I, I, I think the NFL recognizes and understands as much. So I guess maybe loose loose ends on the bookkeeping side of the Deshaun Watson scandal mm-hmm. is where this all. Maybe the NFL wants to be sure they're taking they're they're crossing their T's and dotting their eyes. And, and thinking about everything that came up and has it has it been handled and, and closed tight and yeah I guess that was it was made public uh, and there needs to be some accounting for it if the if they want to be able to you know enforce this with other teams yeah I thought that's kind of like what you were going with you know because Watson was the story and he was under investigation that's why this was you know made an issue I mean it was almost a perfect storm. Maybe that's the wrong way to put it, but the Texans were the best example that if the NFL was going to, you know, point, you know, to a team like say, hey, look, you got to get this under control. We're going to use them as this example. Yeah, it's twenty six thousand dollars, you know, a drop in the bucket, whatever. It's nothing, but it's still an accounting error. It's still a salary cap violation. And the Texans are just the easiest team to use as, um, you know, the the example to kind of set the standard everywhere else in the league. And, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, yeah. it's just somebody else texts and it's like, Bajani, you're making it sound like the Texans should have just paid the 26 so they wouldn't have gotten fined 175. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm saying that. And so you wouldn't have lost a fifth round pick. Like, Right. The fifth round pick is the big deal. That's yeah, the big that's deal. The, well, and also, and just to put it in perspective, though, too. Okay. Fifth round picks. These are the best. These are the most notable fifth round picks that uh, I, could, I could pick out from the Texans draft history. Charles Amenahue. Which uh, who had a good year here in San Francisco last year with a little bit of drama at the end. I don't know what became of that. Um, DJ Reader might end up being the best of all of these. Randy Bullock, Shiloh Ko, TJ Yates, uh, James Casey. Boy, there's some good little gems there. And then uh, Drew Hodgson, who started a few games, but he's my sometimes co-host on the Deceptively Fad po- Fast <laughs> Podcast and on my YouTube channel. So uh, uh, especially Drew Hodgson. But out of 20-plus years of existence, seven – fifth rounders, which actually think about it. That's, you know, if you're hitting about 33%. That's about what you expect to get out of, um, out of your fifth round picks. And then a few other guys in there that played and were special teams contributors, but that's your, it's, it's not nothing. And it's uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass when you're trying to 
advance and move ahead year. Sure. I know Mr. Irrelevant last year, Brock Purdy, was playing in the playoffs and it helped lead his team to the playoffs. But usually Mr. Irrelevant, the team that they the, – the pick that the Texans picked up with the compensatory picks, uh, very, very rarely turns into a viable football player. That was my thought. Like, oh, the irony. Like, you know, we've got all these, you know, former 49er coaches over here in Houston now, and now they too have the Mr. Irrelevant pick. If they don't use it on a quarterback, damn it, you know, they're doing yeah. it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bobby right? Slowick. Oh, God. Shoot your man. shot. Just go ahead. <laughs> Bobby Slowick, uh, I thought, did a really good job in his press conference the other day. He said one thing when asked a question about Jimmy Garoppolo that Mike Florio had to comment on. We've got that up in about a, in about a half hour or so. Um, as far as the draft conversation we were having a little bit earlier, because Damian Pierce had mentioned about what a great guy Anthony Richardson, his teammate at Florida, and the quarterback who's rising up the boards, what a good guy he is. And I was kind of skeptical over Damian Pierce's claim that at one point Anthony Richardson had said he wanted to be a firefighter because I thought, like, oh, anybody can say they want to be a firefighter. Lamont, Lamont texted in and said that Anthony Richardson was actually preparing for the firefighter's exam as a senior in high school. How do we know that? So, Is that something that was revealed during the dra- the combine process? And the I interview? trust Lamont. I, I mean, I do, too. I just want to know. I haven't heard that. Like, Yeah, I don't know if uh, – I don't know. It was probably uh, – somebody wrote a piece about it at some point. Somebody wrote a glowing piece about Anthony Richardson. I do uh, – it's, it's dicey at this time of year because it's so easy to paint anybody out as a saint. So it's, this is not specific to Anthony Richardson. I have like a, I have like a knee-jerk skepticism over articles or stories about how awesome people are. Um, oh gosh. Okay. So like right now my Twitter profile is a photoshopped Gerald Ford made to look like a, like a cool guy with a mullet, um, wearing sunglasses. <laughs> so, and I, uh, there was a, there was a, a guy on Twitter did this with every single president. He gave them mullets and made them look cool. So I, I picked Gerald Ford's just because he played football at Michigan. It's very Ric Flairish. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty badass picture yeah. of, uh, Gerald. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but then I started doing a deep dive into Gerald Ford. Just I went down that rabbit hole one day into his football career. And how how classic politician story does this sound? Um, it was about the time that Gerald Ford almost walked off the team at Michigan. Why? Because they had one black teammate at Michigan, and Georgia Tech was going to refuse to play against Michigan if the black player was allowed to play. Um, so Michigan finally relented and said, okay, we'll sit the black player. And so the, the gushing story that people tell about Gerald Ford is he almost quit the team over this. But, at the, you know, he ended up playing, but he almost quit the team. Like, uh, all right. I mean, uh, like, that's uh, an easy one, right? Yeah, I'm not judging <laughs> – people based on what happened in the 30s or anything. We're like, let's not try to make it sound like uh, you're a white knight because you almost quit the team. <laughs> so, all right, I, I won't accept the almost was a firefighter. You got to be a – that's like the people that say, oh, I would have been a Navy SEAL if I hadn't done such or such. Like, all right, dude, like, just calm down a little bit. It's, uh, it's But you know so what? Like, just... We all have those stories, right? We all yeah. have those instances in life where we almost did something, but something held us back. Like, I have a ton oh, yeah. of those when I was really oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I would have. I totally would have tried to be a Navy SEAL until I sunk like a stone uh, in my first long swim. I get, that's where I always, you know, what it was from uh, reading that. There was a long story about Tiger Woods once, and you know, Tiger Woods was would do all this Navy SEAL training. Yeah, his dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. His dad was in special ops. I think his dad was a Green Beret. 
Um, yes, yes. But Tiger would train with the Navy SEALs. And according to a couple of the Navy SEALs, Tiger would talk kind of almost like, well, because he's gone out and done a couple of these weekend training sessions with these guys. He was like one like, of them. Yeah, yeah. And the guys are like, man, this is like anybody can be wet and cold for 12 hours like <laughs> you got to go do it for eight weeks and you gotta like let's not just let's not just say oh yeah i would have been a navy seal if i hadn't been a professional right golfer. but it's like yeah. you, you know like those mud runs they have like around towns and stuff yeah. like these 12 k's or whatever these crazy things like they have navy seal once it's like if you go do that you can't go hold a conversation with like a career yeah, yeah. military you can't go talk to some <laughs> you know? some army ranger because you like, crawled yeah, under like 10 yards of barbed wire and yeah. hopped like an eight foot fence on your Tell little you, race like i know no. what it's like to be in the in the bleep uh in the, in the <laughs> stuff out there i've been uh I was, there was one time where I, I pulled a hammy pretty bad but i gutted it out for the last 50 yards of this spartan run i, so I, I know left over I, five feet of you know, burning coals, you know, to cross the finish line. It's like, good job. Do I, do I have the thousand yard stare? No, I only work in meters. Okay. I got the thousand meters scare stare. Yeah. So, uh, um, I'll, but I'll accept that, that he was actually, if he was, that's kind of like being an ROTC or something. Like at least he made the, if he was training to be a firefighter, but then obviously he got a, a football scholarship or something, then, okay, cool. That's a, that's a pretty cool job to want to have. But you know the hardest thing for firefighters is they, uh, like, just the, their suits. They're, they're wearing those suits that get exposed to chemicals and everything, and they're sweating just profusely inside of them yeah. so that everything kind of – a lot of the chemical exposure ends up just seeping through your skin. So those guys, it's not – I think – you, you think of the danger to the actual fires, obviously, but then the chemical exposure, especially nowadays, because everything's got so many chemicals into it and flame retardants. And like, ironically, the flame retardants are some of the worst things that firefighters are probably exposed to. Because yeah, you don't think about so stuff like that. Nasty. I mean, yeah. th- those are things that will, you know, unfortunately rear its ugly head like years and years down the road. Like you start having issues. Uh, my, one of my best friends is a firefighter and. I don't get. I don't have any respect for him because he's an EO now. All he, all he does is drive the chief around, and he wears Crocs all day and brags about how much he gets to work out and I don't eat. Have any respect for him? What's an EO? An, an engine operator. Engine so, like, operator. Oh, so he gets to drive it. Yeah. That, well, that's he. Oh. Don't even drive anymore. He drives like the suburban. You know. So if the chief needs to go to like the other station, like he'll do that. If they want to go pick up Jimmy John's, they'll go do that. Does he show up to his kid's school and they're all excited because he's driving the fire engine that day? <laughs> the fire engine is a suburban XL. His kids don't even blink because his kids know how easy he has it now. Really? <laughs> that's all I heard about for ten years. Is like, man, I can't wait to get the to get the EO so I can stop going in the fires. And I can just drive the box, you know. Well, how old are his kids? Uh, what are they? Uh, eleven and nine? Or no, 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 oh. no, 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 no. Um, uh, sorry, uh, fifteen and twelve, something like that. That's so. Yeah, so they don't even get to have like the glory of of seeing their dad in his in his actual gear and everything. They're kind of like prof- like my kid never <laughs> yeah. actually got to watch me play football or anything, and it's just kind of a pain in the butt that like people realize it through Wikipedia and then it has it no. has to answer questions. They've about, yeah. they've seen dad in Dickies and Crocs for like their entire life, <laughs> so they don't, they don't even know what firefighter gear looks like. I don't think. Uh, we touched on this a little bit yesterday, but we've got audio now. If if you are concerned about Bryce Young's height, 
because Kyler Murray is the same height and doesn't seem to be progressing. You've got to hear this, the audio of what one of Kyler Murray's teammates says about him. We'll talk about that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.